How many of you know that we are in the Lent month? And very soon, Easter will be around. You know, we're going to enter Easter. We're going to celebrate Easter. And Easter is one of the ceremonies, or let me say, feasts that gave birth to Christianity. Our whole faith is based on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are other prophets who came before Jesus and after. They died and they are still in their grave. But Jesus died and resurrected. And he is alive forevermore. Amen. And so today I'm sharing with you seven things you must conquer when you are going through a severe trial. You know, Jesus conquered all these seven things. The devil through them to him but he was able to conquer and that is why Jesus was given a name king of kings lord of lords let's read revelation 19 verses 11 to 16 the book of revelation Chapter 19, verses 11 to 16. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war, faithful and true. You see, when you are going through trial, you yourself must be found to be faithful. And you have to use the weapon of truth to conquer any tribe. You don't use falsehood to capture tribe. Not because you be falsely accused, you also devise falsehood to counter it it will never work. And Jesus gave us that example. And that's why he was given a name, faithful and true. Hallelujah. There are people who go through trials and after the trial, they are changed. They become monsters. There are people that were raped and after the rape, they became pedophiles. There are people who go through certain situations that they hate, but rather allow that situation to create monsters out of them instead of them to become God's best. Amen. I have had opportunity of praying for homosexuals, 
Amen. And some of them, in fact, as many that have, I mean, most of them, when they were young, somebody raped them. And then the spirit of homosexuality took control of them. And then they start spreading it. And because maybe they did not seek deliverance or nobody to talk to. And that's why parents have to be close to their children, must have the ability to dialogue. Especially boys, when they are going through things, they can hide. I've been a boy. Sometimes you go out, you play football, and you are wounded. You've got broken foot, but you don't want your parents to know. So you try to walk in some, some kind way. You try to show that, oh, nothing is wrong with you. Amen. And so, no matter what you go through, you must be what? Faithful to yourself. That means be sincere with yourself. And that is a powerful truth. Sometimes people go through things and when you ask them, oh, oh, it's not like that. I remember, I've said this in here, one day when I was a young pastor, one of our members in our church, this was in Nigeria, came to report to my senior pastor that the husband had assaulted her. And the woman was carrying a very big uh, puff around the eyes here. So my pastor was so angry and he said, mind you, go with her. Go and, and call me the husband. When I went, the woman made me to wait outside. She went inside and then the husband came and said, oh, a senior pastor said, um, I should invite you for some discussion. Your wife came to make a complaint. The man said, me? Oh, what is the problem? So your wife said, you assaulted her. And then the woman came. Then the man said, did you say that? Oh, I, I was telling pastor that Nepal took light. That means there was light off. And I hit my head. The whole thing changed. So when I went back to my senior pastor, I told him, I said, the woman said, what he told you is not true. And the pastor said, you know, uh, Bishop Mary Agbert said, what? Mighty, were you not here? I said, yes, I was here. You know, the point I'm making is that sometimes we go through things and we are not what? Sincere. And when you do that, you cannot have deliverance. You cannot have counsel. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus. Everybody say, thank God for Jesus. In verse 12, his eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. 
He was clothed with a rope dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven clothed fine linen white and clean followed him on white horses now out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and rout of almighty God and he has on his robe and on his time a name written king of kings and lord of lords amen now in Romans 14 verse 11 for it is written as I live says the Lord every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God amen now Jesus obtained this wonderful name king of kings Lord of laws. Not for nothing. Jesus went through a great trial. As you and I knows. Amen. Number one, people did not understand the vision of Jesus, including some of the disciples. And the same way you need to conquer people who will not understand your vision. They could be with you but they don't understand your vision, your purpose, your assignment, your commission in life. They can stay with you many years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, but still, you know, there could be people of your household. There could be your wife. There could be your husband. There could be your children, but still, fail to understand your vision, your philosophy, how you want things to be done. And where God is taking you to. And for you. To reach. Your God given goal. And aspiration. You need to. Conquer such people. Amen. The disciples were with Jesus. But they couldn't understand him. Jesus talked about faith. And they are talking about. The things they could. They could see. Thomas said, me unless I see it. And I put, even I put my hands into his side, into the nail print before I would believe. Meanwhile, he lived with Jesus. He saw how Jesus through faith multiplied bread and fishes. Saw how Jesus through faith walked on water. 
raised the dead. Pastor, the man could not understand that unless so Jesus just appeared. Say, Thomas, put your hands. Amen. So people can be around you, Pastor. And some people you need to conquer. I know some of you come to this church, but you don't know why you are here. I know some of you have been with me, but you don't understand. Some of you, oh, it's a nice place to be. Oh, he's a nice pastor. Oh, it's a nice church. Oh, I mean in the church, there's a lot of prayers. But God brought you here for a purpose. And you should know that. That you are here to be transformed so that you can achieve your God-giving dreams and aspiration for your life. If you don't understand that, it's just like, oh, we are just there. Hallelujah. So you need to. And how do you do that? It comes through education. Now in, let's go to the Bible. Hallelujah. In Mark, chapter 7, verse 14 and 18. When he had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defy him. But the things which come out of him, those are things that defied a man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. In verse 17, when he had entered the house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that? Whatever enter a man from outside cannot defy him. Amen. The disciples, Jesus was talking to the crowd. The, the, the crowd could not understand him. When they came home, the disciples also, what, what, what was the meaning of the parable? And Jesus said, so you also, you don't understand. Hallelujah. People will not understand your dream, but you need to live your dream. Don't wait for people to appreciate your dream before you move on with your dream. Hallelujah. And normally when you're going through trials, people will point to, yeah, because I, he's too ambitious. I mean, that thing you want to do is so big. We're expecting it. They will not appreciate it because they don't understand your dream. 
Amen. So you don't wait for all the people to appreciate or to understand what you want to achieve before you move on. Put your hands together for the Lord. Number two, you need to conquer those who will criticize you. You need to conquer. Jesus had to conquer those who criticized him. He healed a man, born blind, and the Pharisees criticized him. A crippled man was asked to walk. Take your bed and walk. And the man took the bed and he was walking. And then the, the Pharisees were angry. Today is Sabbath. You don't have to heal. Healing is a work. So if you heal a cripple on Sabbath, you are working. And in the Sabbath, God says we should rest. So they found the man. And they wanted to charge him. And normally, when you break the Sabbath, they have to bring you to the council. So the man said, well, me, the man that healed me, it's the same man who said, I should take my bed. So if I'm carrying my bed on Sabbath, it is that man, not me. Amen. He healed a, a blind man. A man born blind. And the Bible said the Pharisees had the issue with it. And after interrogating, hey, is it true? Okay, let's go and call the mother. Is it true that you were born blind? So they had to go and call the mother. The parent. And the parents, oh yeah, he was born blind. But ask how he's in. He's old enough. Action. Don't allow people who will criticize you to put off your dream. Some people abandon their dream because of what? Criticism. You need to conquer that. You need to overcome that in life. Don't wait for all people to be on board before you get things done. Don't wait. They will criticize you. So Jesus was criticized. And one of his accusations was that he said he would put down the temple and build it three days. The temple that took us several years. You alone. You say you pull it down. And build it in three days. Some of us, as soon as we hear criticism, our light go off. You need to overcome criticism. You need to develop what is called thick skin. Everybody say thick skin. And it's through prayer. You need to stand, pray, confess it, 
and overcome it. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Number three, you need to overcome those who betray your corpse. Jesus conquered betrayer. Just loyal people. People who are not loyal to him. Hallelujah. You need to conquer that. There are some of you when somebody betray you, a friend betray you, maybe you share a secret with a friend and you go out there and reveal it and it becomes a whole issue. And it's like your world has come to an end. If you want to become an achiever, you want to make a name, you want to reach your goal in life, you will meet traitors. Turn to somebody and say, if you don't qualify, if you don't have traitors in your life, then you don't qualify to be celebrated. If you don't have traitors, no, then you don't qualify. People will betray you. And traitors, they will always distort your vision and your dream and what you stand for. They can say all kinds of things. Traitors. Hallelujah. And traitors, they always look for opportunity to dish against you. They look for, they are with you. They are calculating, looking for opportunity, looking for your lower point that they will give it to you. And sometimes the time you need the most, that is the time. It could be your ministry. It could be your business. Traitors. Traitors can stab you. Hallelujah. Let's look at Luke chapter 22 verse 3 Then Satan entered Judas son name is Cariot who was numbered among the twelve One thing I learned when I went to Israel our tall guy I mean a very good lady he explained something. He said, among all the 12 disciples, they were all from the rural areas. From Nazareth, Galilee, you know. It was only Judas who came from the city, Jerusalem. Because when Peter and the rest, they come from Galilee to Jerusalem city. Somebody from uh, Fanchenikobo and then he comes to Accra. When he gets to Accra, he looks at Accra as something else. So that's Peter and the rest. But Judas was a city guy. 
He lives in the city. He knows where the high priest lives. He knows the residents. And, and, and that's why you could confidently go to. Because from the village, I mean, who are you to walk into the high priest? No, 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 no. So he went there. And, and because he was from the city, the guy knew how to do business. So when he went to the high priest, he didn't just go there and say, um, if you want to get him. Because one secret with Jesus, all the attempts they made, they couldn't arrest him. Sometimes Jesus and the disciples looks alike. So you can't. And that's why Judas told them, the one I will kiss. Hold him fast. He's the one. And so Judas knew how to do business. So he went there to do deal. Cut a deal with the high priest. He didn't just go there. You think Judas, Judas he, he stopped it. He went there. How much will you give to me? This business is not about religion. This is business. And they paid him. Why did they pay Judas? So that he could betray Jesus. Because it is difficult to get to Jesus. And that's what the Bible says. A man's own enemy is those of household. Especially somebody that's close to you, your sibling, begin to spread information about you. Somebody very close to the presidency begin to say things when somebody very close to a businessman, to a pastor began to spread things. Then you know. And that's where it hurts most. It hurts. Very close. Sometimes your own husband begin to spread information. Oh, no man, he doesn't know how to cook. Oh, my wife, no, he doesn't. Oh, he's a useless woman. He doesn't know how to cook. Hey, this one there, it is her own husband. And the same way, if, if, if a woman begins to spread information about, oh, my husband, a very dirty man, very dirty man. He's useless. He's irresponsible. People will believe it as the gospel truth. Very close. And you need to overcome that. Turn to somebody and say, get used to be traitors. Get used to traitors. People who betray you. You need to develop. I mean, it got to a point, it's no more a news to you. It got to a point, it, it, it doesn't move you anymore. And that's what Jesus did. If not, he couldn't. He couldn't have made it to Calvary. He overcame that. He conquered that. And you need to conquer that. You want to achieve great things? You need to conquer those who will betray you.
Sometimes they are with you on the way. I mean, I won't go. I, I won't go. I won't go. I just betray you. At a point you are about to launch into war, then your allies say, oh, we are sorry. We are not going to be with you. What will you do? Sometimes you've made all your plans, including that person. Amen? A football team going to play, and the, the striker we all depend on. That, oh, as for this striker, when he's with us, last minute, he oh, I can't play. What? You can't play? Oh, I can't play. And meanwhile, he's lying. You need to get used to that. You need to overcome. May God give you the spirit to overcome traitors. To overcome those who betray you. To overcome those who are close with you. And spread falsehood about you. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. In verse so he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them and they were glad and agreed to give him money so he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of their multitude now you see Sometimes when people want to betray you, they won't do it when the crowd are around. Sometimes one-on-one. Amen. That means you are weak. There's nobody there to strengthen you. And that's what Judas did. So when they went to the garden of Gethsemane to pray, and when Jesus had left even the twelve and had gone further alone than Judas. He whispered. The soldiers were just around. Communicated with them. So they came. And then he said, the one I will kiss. Amen. Sometimes some of the keys are keys of death. Keys of betrayal. Keys of disappointment. But you need to overcome them. You need to overcome them. May God give you strength and power overcome every betrayal in your way. And let me tell you, it is something that once you leave, you will continue to encounter. So you must strengthen yourself. Life is not for mommy boys and daddy boys. It's for strong guys and girls. You might be strong. 
Sometimes they will knock you down and you need to pick up. So sometimes you need to stand up against the things that intimidate you. You can't keep on running all the time. You need to stand up. Sometimes when you fall down, get up. Amen. Get up. And move on. And God will help you. Put your hands together for the Lord. In a time of trial, you need to conquer people who will not pray with you. When you are going through trial, challenges in life, watch out. People will not pray with you. They only come, oh, uh, it's, it's normal. Oh, this is normal. It's not normal. Don't take things as normal. You need people who will encourage you to pray. And Jesus asked the disciples, so couldn't you pray with me one hour? In time of trial, you need people who will pray. You need believers who will share scriptures with you. Who will tell you you can't overcome. Who will tell you it is well with you? It's not people who come and they start crying. Hallelujah. Watch them. There are people, when they come, they won't pray. They will talk and they will go. No prayer with you. But those who hold your hands and say, let's pray. Even if for two minutes, These are the people you need. Prayer will strengthen you. It will make you strong. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, couldn't you pray with me for one hour? Prayer is essential when you are going through trials. You need to pray. I say you need to do what? You need to pray. You need to pray. There's a time. Let's go to Luke 22. Let's look at verse 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. You know, sometimes when someone is going through trial and you are a friend, the words you say are very important. If you say anything negative or anything that will discourage the person or that will put fear into the heart of the person. You've almost destroyed him or her. Amen. And prayer, let it become part of you. Hold the hand of the person. Let's pray. On the phone, pray. Instead of you to talk, 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 talk. Oh, hmm. Yeah, this thing, hmm. Nowadays, it's common. Oh, hmm. It's happening everywhere. Hmm, hmm. 
then silent. Are you there? Mm, I'm there. You waste unit without prayers. A little prayer will do. Let it become part of you. Stand with people and pray with them. They need your words. They also need your prayer. So if you want to become great, watch those who come to you and they waste your time. Some even will say, oh, 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 grace, grace, call me, call me, call me. That means at your expenses. Amen. You need people who will pray. Not those who cannot pray. At the critical moment of Jesus, and the disciples, the time he needed the most, they were sleeping. Amen. Three times he came to wake them. And then in verse 45, when he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Listen to me. Now, the question is, Why could not the disciples pray? Why? Why? You see, when you are in sorrow, no matter any grief you are going through, Sorrow is a heavy spirit. It comes and it takes over you. It will make you lazy. It, 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 you know, sympathy. You dwell in sympathy. You know, sorrow is always fed with sympathy. Oh, oh, oh. I've had it all. Oh, and then you share some crocodile tears. Oh, It makes you more heavy. So when you become heavy, you do what? You sleep. That's what happened to the disciples. It's not that they, they, they didn't want to pray. That's sorrow. Oh, he's going to die. He's going to leave us. And he's our savior. Oh, oh. So I'm going to miss Jesus. Instead of them to pray for God to give them revelation and direction. So when you are going through tough times, you don't need people who will not pray with you. You need those who will stand with you in prayer. But you yourself also should. Because sometimes you feel, eh, so nobody is praying for me. Eh? No, you need to overcome that. And that's what Jesus did. I see you overcoming. I say in the name of Jesus, I see you overcoming. Put your hands together for the Lord.
Amen. Number five, those who will sympathize with you. You don't need them. Empathy. You know, empathy is people who understand your situation and they feel for you. It's, it's good, but it's not the best. Oh, I know how you feel. I know what you're going through. Amen. You need to overcome sympathizers. And some of us, we love sympathizers. We love them. Especially when you are grieving. Oh, it's, it's okay, it's okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Number six. Say number six. Those who will not show up. They will not show up at all. Amen. In a time of your hardship, the time of try, great try, I cannot come. Oh, I'm sorry. You see, uh, we're having a conference and uh, I'm the speaker there. So, I cannot come. They will not show up at all. In your moment of try, they will not visit you at all. In the moment of your try, they will not. Amen. You see, like we're talking about sympathizers, they, they will come. Amen. They will come, but um, they don't come to encourage you. You know, when Joe was going through try, his friends came, and the Bible said they sat down. How many days? Seven days. They didn't talk. They were just looking up. Seven days. Because they, to them, they saw the transformation too great. They were amazed. So they just, some will look. Seven days. They never uttered a word. All these seven days, if they were praying with Job, Hey, Kebasan, any demon fighting Job? No. They just came. Look at him. Amen. And then, those who will not show up, they are the worst. They will not show up at all. Oh, so what else? Oh, oh, I heard it all. I heard what. Oh, oh, I heard it. Um, but those who know the other ones. But you should embrace yourself that all these seven group of people, you will meet them. And may God give you the courage to overcome. May God give you the power to overcome. Hallelujah. The last group. The mockers. 
people who will come and do what? Mock at you. Hey! Hey, hey, hey! Something like that. Amen. If you live in a city of markets, I grew up in my hometown. Even if a member of the family goes and, and to do something evil, it becomes all of us our name. One day, I was coming from school, you know, on vacation. I came down with my trunk and this thing. And as soon as I, you know, um, women are selling all kinds of stuff around. Somebody, I had, <coughs> doko, doko. What is this? You know, people came, oh, you are welcome. Then I, so when I came home, I, I, I asked my grandma, what is going on? Ah, one of your <laughs> member of your family, he went to steal duck. <laughs> and sometimes they will knock at your uh, window at night. Doko doko woman. Look, my hometown. Jesus. So when you are going out, they, they will they advice they will give to you the counseling and confirm meka Amen. Mockers are worst kind of people. Amen. And Jesus had them. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus had them. Jesus had them. Amen. And as people of God, we really need to look out. Jesus needed to overcome them. Number one, Jesus was mocked by soldiers. During his trial, he was mocked by what? Soldiers. He was mocked by soldiers. Mark 15, verse 16 to 20. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium. And they called together the whole garrison. They called all the soldiers around. And they clothed him with purple. And they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head. It's all part of the mockery. And began to salute him. Hey! After they put the, the crown of thorns on his head. Now they started doing what? Saluting. Hail the king. But it was what? Mockery. You see, there are some kind of honor is done in mockery. It's done in mockery. I, I, I visited a certain home with a friend. You know, a friend who has traveled and come. And one of the aunties, hey, onyo, onyo, onyo. I mean, it was a nice thing. 
you know, and, and, and we thought that, oh, uh, the auntie is so, but you know, the auntie had just finished food, cooking and everything. And, and then I was standing outside to the window and my friend was playing with the auntie's children. And that is, he, he, he looked into the oracles and saw that we are finished cooking. So when the woman said, Oh, come and eat, I said, No, I'm eat. Honor of mockery. Sometimes it's like people are honoring you, but they are what? There are some gifts even is given to mock at you. It's called gift of mockery. Because you have to look at, that's what the Bible says, that don't offer a blind animal as a sacrifice to God. It's a form of mockery. What a person deserves, then you look at something else. But you need to overcome. May you overcome. I say, may you overcome. Put your hands together for the Lord. So the soldiers mocked at him. Verse 19, then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him. And bind the knee, they worship him. You know, you slap somebody and then you bow. Oh, my king. Meanwhile, you spat on the person, you slapped, and then you kneel down to worship him. Verse 20. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple of him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Amen. Mockery. Hallelujah. Number two, the high priest also mocked at Jesus. Matthew 27, verse 39. To 43. So sometimes pastors, priests, religious leaders can also mock at you. It means they can make fun of you. Even though you are of God. Even though you are sent by God, they can make fun of you. I raised someone from there and the relative of that person was a pastor. He said, so you believe all this? Oh, that Adam and that guy, he's gone somewhere, brought some juju to raise people from there. Instead of him to rejoice, a pastor, a pastor, a Pentecostal pastor, he was the one and he led a crusade against me. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Mockery. 
is a, a certain spirit. It's a certain spirit that we need to fight against as people of God. 39. And those who pass by blaspheme, waging their hearts and saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself if you are the son of God. Come down from the cross. Amen. Now here, ordinary people. I remember when we went to Jerusalem, we were shown where he was crucified, the junction of a place. You know, so people were passing by. And ordinary people. Amen. Sometimes, at the moment of your trial, those who looked like insult will start insulting you. 41. Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes, the journalists. The scribes are the journalists. The journalists were there, they were writing. Hey, see how he's hanging on the cross. <laughs> this Galilean, Jesus of Nazareth, and they also will write things. And the elders were also there. The others of the people, they were all there to mock at Jesus. Hallelujah. We're looking at those moments. And the Bible, in verse 44, I mean, you see, it was the scribes who wrote the journalist. He's the king of Israel. You know, Jesus. They wrote that and put it. They were the journalists. Now verse 44. Even robbers who were crucified with him revived him with the same thing. Even robbers sometimes thieves can mock at you. Robbers condemn men. They can also Herod also mocked at him. In Herod also mocked at Jesus. I thank God Jesus overcame all this. And he said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. Look, the moral high ground is those who always stake their stake, the stake with God. That the moral high ground. People who will stick with God will always become winners. It doesn't matter what your friends will say. It doesn't matter what people will criticize you. What they will spread about you. The most important thing is for you to look up to God. And forgive them. You see, if you don't forgive them, unforgiveness also can eat you up. There are people who are battling with unforgiveness. It's 
eating them up. And this person said this about me. And, and this person looked at me with a certain eye. What is the meaning of that look? And this person. My wife told me a story about two friends that were fighting. They were separated. And after they were separated, one of them just rushed on the other said, What? What is it? Or you hear me when it's you. Maybe he looked at the face and the gestures. Amen. Amen. You need to forgive. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I forgive all my enemies. Those who criticize me. Those who gossip about me. Those who mock at me. Those who betrayed me. Those who look down upon me. Those who said it will never be well with me. In the name of Jesus. 